When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In today's show, Bitcoin price hits new December low as Bitcoin dips 2% with Asia stocks. I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis and check this out. Breaking news, Nigeria bans ATM cash withdrawals over $225 a week to force the use of CBDCs. That's right. The limits set by the Central Bank of Nigeria are part of a broader push to encourage digital financial transactions maybe coming soon in the USA. Also in today's show, Mr. Wonderful, a.k.a. Kevin O'Leary defends Scam Bankman Freed and says FTX should be audited. That's right. O'Leary says that the truth about FTX can be discovered thanks to the unique nature of blockchain technology. Also in today's show, pro XRP lawyer says Gary Gensler could trigger another 50% crypto market crash. That's right. The attorney and supporter, John Deaton, who is pro XRP, quoting him here, I believe it even more today because it can cause another 50% crash than incubants take a larger share. Also in today's show, more breaking news. Chainlink staking successfully launched with already 11.1 million links staked. That's right. The highly anticipated upgrade of Chainlink, the launch of staking version 0.1 on the Ethereum mainnet was successfully completed just a few hours ago. The feature is a key component of the Chainlink economics 2.0. Also in today's show, Ethereum and Ripple are committing securities fraud, says Bitcoin bull Michael Saylor. That's right. He was recently interviewed and he says he doesn't care much about altcoins, including Ripple XRP and Ethereum in a most recent podcast appearance and spoke about the classification of those cryptocurrencies as securities. I'll be breaking this down for you and we'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome everyone tuning in to today's live show of Crypto News Alerts podcast episode number 1126. Today is December 7th, 2022, and we got lots to discuss. So let's dive right in, checking out today's crypto market watch. We can see the major cryptos are currently correcting and in the red. With Bitcoin down about 1% for the day, trading back under 16,900. We have Ether down 1.6%, trading just above $1,200, while XRP, Dogecoin, Litecoin, Binance Coin, Cardano, and Polkadot are all pulling back 
and in the red. And checking out coinmarketcap.com. Let's get a refresh for the latest data. As you can see, the market cap currently sitting at 841 billion with 39 billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the current Bitcoin dominance at 38.5% with the Ether dominance at 17.9%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers within the past 24 hours, we've got GMX leading the pack up 15%. Where my alts at? That's my DMX reference, FYI. Trading at 53, uh, 53 bucks, followed by Trust Wallet Token, uh, up 3.5%, trading at $2.39, followed by EOS, up 3.5%, trading just under $1. And below that, as you can see, we've got TonCoin and Synthetics. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, we have AXS, up 25%. Uh, TWT up 17% and GMX up 17.6% and checking out the crypto greed and fear index shows we're currently rated a 29 in fear yesterday at 25 last week at 29 and last month a 33 in fear so there you have it welcome everyone just tuning in what's Poppin', holla at your boy in the live chat, and welcome once again. Now let's dive into our Bitcoin technical analysis and see what's popping on the charts. Bitcoin hit a new Month to date low on December 7th as Asia markets fell during trading hours, which you can see here in the Bitcoin one hour candle chart. Data from Cointelegraph Market Point Trading View showed Bitcoin dipping to lows of 16,700 overnight on Bitstamp, a level not seen since November 30th. Now the Bitcoin slash USD pair thus began to erase the ground it has reclaimed into the November monthly close, showing heavy influence from Asian equities prior to the Wall Street open. The mood was nervous on the day with Hong Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index down 3.2% with Nikkei 225 Shanghai Composite Index at 0.7 and 0.4% lower respectively. Well, there we go with Bitcoin. Couldn't hold support and started falling down just like indices have been showing weakness as crypto analyst Mikhail Benet Pop and he also shared have been patiently awaiting for a long and will continue to do so most likely. Longing around 16,500 is valid or reclaimed 16,900. Now popular Twitter account Profit Blue, meanwhile, entertained the possibility of a steeper Bitcoin price decline to come. And for fellow trader Elise, it was meanwhile time to wait for the reemergence of 16.5 for a long scalp trade and a similarly optimistic take from Bull, who eyed a potential reclaim of 17,000 next on the shorter timeframes. And earlier, a scan of the Binance order book from on-chain monitoring resource material indicators have revealed mounting support at 16,500, which you can see here in this chart. With the Bitcoin market still calm compared to November's intense volatility, analysts continue to look for upcoming macro cues. These were firmly in the form of the next week's U.S. Consumer Price Index print due on December 13th, which is literally six days away. Now, the trading firm QCP Capital, there was reason to believe that the numbers might favor risk assets when it comes to declining inflation, quoting them here, with uh, retailers struggling with inventory all year due to the consumer slowdown. It's likely they have used Black Friday, Cyber Monday to offer eye-popping discounts in order to clear the stock, which would factor into the November CPI print released next week. It postulated in its latest market update on December 5th. Now, QCP remained wary on stocks potential to put in a sustained rally. However, with a breakdown causing further pain for correlated crypto assets as shared here, while many are saying that Bitcoin and Ether are lagging equities and should 
play catch up. Rather, we see it as equities having overshot fundamentals that will soon be reeled back. So there you have it. What are your short term and long term prospects for the King Crypto as we head into 2023 and just like what another three weeks around the corner? Where do you think we're likely to be for the monthly close of this month heading into the next year? Do you think we're likely to see a lower low below the current low of 15.5 or do you think we'll continue to climb back up and uh, make a statement before the end of the year? Either way, let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. With that being shared, now for a horror story because what is happening in Nigeria can very likely take place in the United States or any other country around the world with the rollout of these nasty CBDCs. So let's discuss this, shall we? Nigeria has drastically reduced the amount of cash individuals and businesses can withdraw as it attempts to push its cashless or sorry, cashless Nigeria policy and increase the use of the Inara, Nigeria's central bank digital currency or CBDC. Now, the central bank of Nigeria issued the directive to financial businesses December 6th, noting individuals and businesses would now be limited to withdrawing only $45 per day and $225 per week from ATMs. Talk about a slave force. Individuals and businesses will also be limited to withdrawing $225 and $1,125 respectively at banks per week with individuals hit with a 5% fee and businesses with a 10% fee for amounts above those limits. Talk about a clown world. The maximum cash withdrawal via point of sale terminals is also capped at $45 per day. Announcing the changes, the director of banking supervision, Hana Mustafa, noted the following. Mustafa almost sounds like Mufasa. Customers should be encouraged to use alternative channels, internet banking, mobile banking apps, USSD, cards, POS, e-Naira, etc. to conduct their banking transactions. Now, the limits are cumulative limits for each withdrawal. So an individual withdrawing $45 from an ATM who then tries to withdraw cash from a bank on the same day would be hit with a 5% service fee. Like, whoa. Now, the previous limits on daily cash withdrawals prior to the announcement was $338 for individuals and $1,128 for businesses. Now, adoption rates for the Inara have been low since its launch October 25th of last year. As reported by Cointelegraph October 26th, the Central Bank of Nigeria struggled to convince its citizens to use CBDC. Now, I would imagine that <laughs> the government of the U.S. is going to struggle to convince citizens to use CBDCs too. I hope. Fingers crossed, with less than a half a percent of the population reported having used Inara as of October 25th, a year from its launch. Now, Nigeria established its cashless policy in 2012, suggesting a shift away from physical cash would make its payment system more efficient, reduce the cost of banking services, and improve the effectiveness of its monetary policy. And on October 26, the governor of Nigeria's central bank, Godwin Emma Fiele, noted 85% of all the Naira circulation was held outside of the banks and as a result could be reissuing new banknotes in an effort to drive the shift towards digital payments. And according to a CBDC tracker from the American think tank, Atlantic Council, Nigeria is one of the 11 countries to have fully deployed a CBDC. 15 other countries have launched pilot programs with India set to join the ranks later this month. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding countries and central banks limiting how much cash you can withdraw from the bank or from the ATM in your native local currency? This obviously extremely bullish for Bitcoin. 
absolutely bullish. Couldn't get more bullish. Why is that? If you want to protect yourself against the enslavement of the central bank digital currencies and the central banking cartels, protect yourself with the antidote, which is Bitcoin, the king crypto. That, my friend, is one of the many reasons to be stacking stats because what's happening in Nigeria can soon come to a theater near you. Real talk. With that being shared, now let's discuss Kevin O'Leary and his thoughts on Bankman Freed and FTX, as we know he has been sticking up for them. And I watched the recent interview that he shared all regarding this, and he has a very interesting perspective. So let's uh, share this nonetheless. In an interview with Yahoo Finance on December 6th, the Shark Tank superstar called for a calm in the wake of the FTX collapse. The exchange's former CEO, Scam Bankman Freed, should be understood as innocent unless evidence comes to light that shows he has committed fraud, O'Leary stated. Talk about living in a clown world. I mean, his outfit speaks volumes. He's wearing a suit to pretend to the camera. He's like all dapper, but meanwhile, he's wearing a skirt. Like, you can't make this stuff up, folks, with open-toed freaking sloppy sandals. Uh, but anyways, uh, O'Leary called FTX to be audited to reveal where the exchange's money went so that the investors can get their funds back. Good luck, buddy. He says he's convinced he's getting his money back. Nobody takes money from me, yada, yada, yada. I think it's all publicity stunt. Now, the narr- this is what O'Leary wrote. The narrative on the FTX situation is quickly changing from throw everyone in jail to where's my money? Time for a forensic audit and some, f- uh, audit and some fact. No, we want to throw Bankman Freed in jail. I guess you missed the memo. On November 30th and December first, Scam Bankman Freed took several interviews in which he claimed he was not guilty of fraud and he's claiming ignorance, which led to a backlash within the crypto community. But O'Leary defended SBF in his interview saying he is innocent until proven guilty. And he went on to share, I am of the ilk and from the group of people that says you're innocent until proven guilty. That's what I believe. And I want the facts. And so if you tell me that you didn't do something or you did, I'm going to believe you until I find out it's a falsehood. Now, O'Leary stated that because of the blockchain technology, all of the exchange transactions are 100% auditable and that once this audit is performed, the truth about FTX will come out. Then if anyone broke the law, they will be prosecuted. Now, O'Leary goes on to share that he literally lost millions of dollars in this deal, so he is very upset. However, I remind you that he was an ambassador in his own words for FTX US and FTX Global, and I am pretty confident that Bankman Freed or the FTX heads, they paid O'Leary very, very well, just like they paid the rest of their influencers like uh, Tom Brady and Stephen Curry and all the superstar celebrities. So I would not be shocked if O'Leary received tens of million dollars to be this um, you know, ambassador for the company. So him losing a couple of million on the exchange or whatever the, the, the tag might be, the amount of money he lost, probably insignificant. And I look at this as all a publicity stunt because of the way he's trying to protect fellow criminal scam bankman freed. But hey, that's just my, uh, two Satoshis. Back to the story. He argued that investors were able to get back at least some of their money if the audit is performed. Well, you can't guarantee that, Kevin. The money is gone. Nobody really knows where it has gone. He says, we're going to get that money back. And he said this very confidently. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm not the only institution in this situation. We all want our recovery path. We need a recovery path, but we don't have one. Now, what if uh, O'Leary got paid an FTT token? Ouch.
March. Now, before its bankruptcy, FTX was the second largest crypto exchange in the world by volume. But from November 2nd to the 11th, a series of events led it to being unable to process withdrawals, as we all know. And it subsequently filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And billions of dollars of investors' capital are now tied up in these bankruptcy proceedings. Bankruptcy filings show that the company may have over 1 million creditors, one of which Kevin O'Leary was one of. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this crazy FTX debacle and the collapse of Sam Bankman-Fried's empire? Do you think he is likely to face any serious jail time or do you think he'll just get a slap on the wrist from Maxine Waters? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And with that being shared, now let's discuss a prediction out there from crypto analysts that we can potentially see a crypto market crash of up to 50% from the current crash of where we're at. And this is coming from pro XRP lawyer, John Deaton, who thinks the actions of the US SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, could cause the crypto markets to crash by another 50%. FYI, Gary Gensler is supposed to be the man protecting investors right now. But hey, that's not what's happening. Deaton says on Twitter that he first argued six months ago that Gensler might sue a major crypto exchange, quoting him here. I believe it even more today because it has... Uh, it could cause another 50% crash. Then incubants take a larger share. Deaton says Gendler has been coming after crypto for two years, pointing to the fact that the SEC nearly doubled the size of its enforcement division, crypto assets, and cyber unit under its leadership. Facts. Deaton claims the SEC is bankrupt crypto, or the SEC is bankrupt crypto lending platform BlockFi's second largest creditor through a bankruptcy filing actually indicates the regulator is BlockFi's fourth largest creditor. The SEC has a $30 million unsecured claim against the company. Deaton shared the following. The fact alone speaks volumes regarding intent. Ask yourself what registration requirements were implemented with the $100 million BlockFi settlement. How did it improve industry practices? Great questions. The attorney has played an active role in the ongoing SEC lawsuit against the San Francisco payments company, Ripple. Deaton has filed an advocate's brief on behalf of XRP supporters in opposition to the regulator's motion for summary judgment in that case. Well, here's a question for you. If we were to drop to 50%, I mean, where's Bitcoin currently trading right now? 16800 as you can see on your screen. Can you potentially see Bitcoin dropping all the way to $8,000? That would be wild. Or let's talk about Ethereum. Could you imagine a $600 Ethereum price considering Ethereum is trading roughly at $1,200 at this time? Well, Deaton says expect this and thanks to Gary Gensler, the chairman of the SEC, which is sad, but it can be a likely scenario. So prepare for everything, all possibilities, my friend. With that being shared, I had big news regarding Chainlink, considered the missing link of the blockchain. They just launched their staking on the Ethereum blockchain, which is a pretty big deal. So let's break down our next story of the day. The highly anticipated upgrade of Chainlink, the launch of staking version 0.1 on the Ethereum mainnet was successfully completed a few hours ago. The feature is a key component of the Chainlink economics 2.0. Now, Chainlink staking aims to create stability for the ecosystem. Participants can earn rewards by staking the native link token to secure the network by incentivizing honest behavior. This reward mechanism is intended to ensure that nodes have an incentive to improve the Oracle's data integrity and efficiency in the coming years. Now, as of yesterday, only a select few community members who meet at least one of the criteria on the early access eligibility list will be able to stake up to 7,000 link worth of 
approximately $53,000 in the cap version 0.1 staking pool. Now, starting tomorrow, December 8th at 12 p.m. Eastern, the cap staking pool will be open to all, giving everyone a chance to stake up to an initial limit of 7,000 link per address. That means as of tomorrow, this goes live for everyone. Now, initially, there is a cap of 25 million link for the staking pool. 22.5 million link are allocated for community stakers on a first-come, first-served basis, while 2.5 million chain link are allocated in reserve for node operator stakers. Now, at this time, 11.1 million link, the equivalent of $75 million, had already been staked. According to Etherscan data, the amount is split amongst more than 2,600 addresses and more than 950 addresses deployed 7,000 link and 725 addresses stake less than 1,000 link. With the current brisk participation, the limit of the Chainlink staking version 0.1 pool should therefore be reached very quickly and Chainlink shared on crypto Twitter. Staking represents a new era of crypto economic security for the Chainlink network. By staking link tokens, you can help increase the security guarantees of Oracle services and earn rewards in return. Start staking and they shared a link. And for participants, it is important to note that the staked link and rewards will remain locked until the release of staking version 0.2, which is planned in about 9 to 12 months from now. And originally, a lock-in period of 12 to 24 months was planned based on a conservative release cycle. However, after discussions with a number of community members and node operators, faster iterations were identified as a better solution. Now let's discuss the link price, which is currently ranging. Since staking reduces the supply of liquid link, it could be a potential price catalyst. Now currently, the link price has been in a trading range for seven months, from which the price has not been able to break out that's right. It's been stagnant to say the least. And at this time, the link price saw a drawdown of up to 4%. <clears throat> Following the broader market sentiment, it was trading at $6.89 and thus in the middle of the trading range. And on the downside, the $5.30 level is of major importance, while the $9.60 mark marks the upper end of the range. Only reaching the latter level could catapult link back into bullish territory. So there you have it. How many of you are currently bullish on Chainlink or have deployed some stake in or planning on doing so? Uh, let me know in the comments right down below, which leads us to our final story of the day, the moment we have all been waiting for. We're going to be discussing Bitcoin versus some securities as per Michael Saylor in his most recent interview where he goes off on a couple of hours discussing the debacle of FTX, how this could have been prevented and what is likely to come out of this. And more importantly, the SEC's stance on many of these cryptocurrencies. So let's break this down, shall we? Here we go. In reference to the legal battle between Ripple Labs and the SEC, Saylor laid out what he believes Ripple is an unregistered security. Quoting him here, it is pretty obvious. The MicroStrategy CEO said, continuing, it is a company. The company owns a bunch of it. They sell it to the general public, but they never took the company public. There are no disclosures. And this is why Ethereum and Ripple are securities, he says. He shared the same opinion with the second largest crypto by market cap, Ethereum. According to Saylor, ETH is an unregistered registered security because it's controlled by a few people, the Ethereum Foundation and consensus, just like FTT, just like Solana. Now, the MicroStrategy CEO went on to elaborate, laying out that pretty much all the altcoins are securities and should be subject to SEC enforcement. That's right. He's saying the only crypto with the green light is 
which is a commodity, is Bitcoin. Now, while Bitcoin is an ethical commodity, all altcoins are just equity tokens issued by a company to avoid an IPO, and they are committing securities fraud, said Saylor, especially Ethereum. The Bitcoin bull pointed out that Ethereum has $20 billion in ETH tokens locked up in a uh, deposit contract at the moment, and it's currently unclear when withdrawals will be possible. And as Bitcoin has reported, withdrawals from the ETH 2.0 deposit contracts are still not possible after the timeline pushed back several times. Now, currently, redemptions are scheduled from the Shanghai up- update, which will be the next major update after the merge. The fork is currently slated for March of 2023, which is in approximately four months from today. Now, in reference to this, Saylor criticized the fact there is a small group of people who decide if and when redemptions from the deposit contract will be allowed as the Giga Chad shares here. Now, isn't that the definition of an investment contract? If a bank took $20 billion of your assets, froze the window and said, you can't have your money back ever, maybe in the year 2024, we are not sure. We may give you interest on it. That's the definition of a security. Sailor makes a great point. I mean, when uh, when Ethereum switched from a proof of work to a staking protocol, that gives regulators the green light to deem it a security. Now, the MicroStrategy CEO generalized that you can't rely on a few engineers, a company, or a, CA, a CEO. If a crypto asset is supposed to be a commodity, he concluded, it's an investment of money in a common enterprise, relying on the efforts of others and an expectation of profits. If a person can make a decision, it's not. A commodity. Now, Ripple is attempting to dispute the application of that very definition to XRP and its litigation with the SEC. The fair notice warning, as well as the common enterprise argument, are amongst the most promising arguments for Ripple Labs to win. And as Ben uh, Patrick shared here, they are committing securities fraud, especially Ethereum, quoting Saylor giving his thoughts on Ethereum and Ripple. Now let's discuss the CFTC and SEC hint at a tighter regulation. Remarkably, Saylor just recently shared a fortune report on the Commodity Futures Trading Commission's assessment at the event. Chairman Rostin stated that the only crypto that should be considered a commodity is Bitcoin. And in doing so, the Bohemian-led agency completely backtracked from the previous assessments in which the agency referred to Ethereum as a commodity. Just one month earlier, he gave a speech for Rutgers Center of Corporate Law and Governance and took the complete opposite stance. And Michael Saylor's opinion is also consistent with recent comments by Gary Gensler. The SEC chairman suggested that Ethereum's proof of stake can lead the token to being considered a security egg. Exactly. And at press time, as you can see in this chart, we got the ETH pricing, a drawdown of three and a half percent, falling to roughly twelve hundred and twenty six dollars. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding these securities versus commodities in the eyes of the SEC? That's the million dollar question. It's how the SEC deems to label these cryptocurrencies. Now, obviously, the only one with the green light, as I just shared, and the CFTC guy has said in his own words, is the one and only King Crypto, Bitcoin. So how do you think Bitcoin is likely to fare against these alleged securities if the SEC does, in fact, deem them all securities? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.